Hello, I'm Zach Matthews. I am local podcast extraordinaire. And you were hearing a track by Blake Foster, local musical genius. And he made the music for the One More Mosh Pit Productions podcast. This is an episode of Horrible History Abridged. And yes, I've done a few episodes of this. Um, I did the Donner Party, and if you hadn't listened to that, go back and listen to it. I mean, people are just like blowing their shorts over it. I like history, you know, to an extent. I like the horrible fucking things that went on back then, and I like to tell other people about it. It's unfortunate information to have in your head, but I feel like I should share it with everyone. And lately, we've been doing executions. We've did hangings, beheadings, and a little bonus on drawing and quartering. This episode, we're going to be doing the guillotine. This is my girlfriend, Stephanie. She will be holding this whole shit together while I just fall apart the whole time. Uh, I doubt that. I've never had much luck with holding anything together. No, I'm just going to take it over. Mm. Please. I'm a complete narcissist nutsack. I'm just going to like hold this podcast down, and I'm going to do what I want to do to it. Hey, it's your podcast, baby. Yes, it is. Don't forget that. I never will. Yep, we are talking about the guillotine today. The guillotine was invented in, during the French Revolution, but it wasn't the original beheading apparatus, of course. There was a doctor named Joseph... No, no, no. It's how was Ignace? it? No, it was like uh, like cognac. Um, Ignace. In Ignace. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Ign- yeah. Well, listen. The, the, this whole episode is going to be badly pronounced <laughs> French names and French. me doing a bad Ign- French accent and pointing out a lot of stereotypes. Le Le motherfucker, wee oui, wee. Oui. Yes, I, that sounds legit. Totally. Baguettes. Anyway, it's got the G in, like, uh-huh. you know, it, it makes a nya sound. So, however you pronounce that. Dr. Joseph Guillotin, uh, during the French Revolution in the 1790s, saw these beheadings and he thought, these are awful. It's taking too many swipes. People are missing. It's nasty business. There's got to be a more humane way to do this. So, ironically, he was against the death penalty, but he he just wanted the victims of beheadings to be treated more humanely. Yeah, so, he, he said, you know, do it a wee bit better. A lot of the time, you know, in society, you can't really express your real thoughts because they'll kill you too. Well, the thoughts he did express got him made fun of really bad. Everybody thought he was just an idiot, just a harebrained lunatic with a crazy, stupid idea. And they all made fun of him. He was quoted as saying, Now with my machine, I take off your head in the twinkling of an eye and you never feel it. He was mocked in poem <laughs> or song, I guess. Yeah, somebody wrote a whole fucking song about this guy. Yes. And here is what they said. Gene Gene made a machine. Joe Joe made it go. Frank Frank pulled the crank. Art Art let a fart and blew the whole damn thing apart. It was very progressive for the late 1700s. It was. I mean, like, that's where Police Academy 2 or (laughs) 3 got it from. Well, this is the actual song or quote or poem or whatever fucking dirty limerick. I don't give a shit. 
and I'm not sure why it still rhymes in English if they wrote this in I've French. I've always wondered that in different languages, why songs and, and poems still rhyme. Maybe it's not transliterated. Maybe they just, mm, maybe. anyway, like, you know, they do with Ramstein songs. Mm, right. Politician and physician bethought himself, tis plain, that hanging's not humane, nor patriotic, and straightaway showed a clever mode to kill without a pang men which void of rope or stakes suppression makes. Of hangmen, and then offhand, his genius planned that machine that simply kills, that's all, which after him we call guillotine. Snaps, snaps, wonderful. So the guy that wrote that song, ironically, little little funny side note here, he was executed by the guillotine. <laughs> what a point. stupid asshole. <laughs> Talk well, about eating crow, that yeah. motherfucker. As well as three other politicians that were, you know, in his camp. It was rumored that Dr. Guillotine was executed by his own quote Yeah, that's bullshit. Machine, that was not true. Don't believe what Mike Rowe told you on his fucking podcast, that goddamn charlatan. Bro, let no, us we'll, all down. I'll get at that later. He really, he really let us all down. My, oh, um, God. I, anyway. I'm hurt. So, I'm still hurt, Mike Rowe. But yeah, so he designed it to be more humane. Uh, he was actually a practicing physician for a few years. Before he moved on to politics, he focused on medical reform. So he wasn't actually the inventor. He literally just had this idea. There's got to be an apparatus, you know, with a weighted blade that will take away the executioner's potential errors. And, uh, and, and he lobbied against the death penalty. Yeah, he like was continuously not this whole for time. the death penalty. And he's just like in like a pretty limp dick effort he just said well, can we kill him a little bit easier and softer you know like a little pandering bitch but yeah he no he was uh probably a decent person that said yeah we're just hurting the shit out of people before we kill them and like a lot of them are innocent they're just yeah. you got a personal vendetta against them and he said maybe we'll kill them a little bit you know, not shittily. He probably just looked around the crowd at these public executions and was like, Jesus, these maniacs out here frothing at the mouth like a bunch of rabid animals. Yeah. This, this is just disgusting. But anyway, um, so he didn't want the guillotine named after him. And about 100 years after the guillotine was invented, his family petitioned the government, the French government, to have the name changed, and they failed. Yeah, they failed that whole shit. I mean, he... Basically, he proposed some kind of decapitation machine, which is very vague, and he wanted well, he wanted it to replace the frequently botched sword swings and axe beheadings that, you know, were probably par for the course back then, because nobody was trained at that shit. Yes. They just went up and took a swing and all like that. they had a beheading school, like, oh, I think we're going to send little Johnny off to beheading school when he goes through puberty. When it's his balls drop, he's going to learn how to swing an axe. And not hit his balls. Off heads. Um, basically, um, he was probably a decent person. What I'm coming around to, he just said, now these guys aren't going to stop killing people because mm -hmm. they betrayed whatever 
pompous ass head of state, but maybe I can make it easier for them. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely understandable sentiment. It's, it's, he didn't do anything wrong, but he was surrounded by a bunch of stupid ass redneck idiots, you know, yeah, like me much. Bunch every of day. French fucking rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he didn't want anything to do with it. So he just had the idea, the very, very vague idea. It was actually designed by French doctor Antoine Louis, and it was built by a harpsichord maker from Germany named Tobias Schmidt. Yes, this motherfucker who built instruments for music this artist he built this fucking machine that cuts people's heads off i wish you know he was a little more sadistic and he added the strings of an instrument to like just sear right through the neck tissue but apparently this artist fellow was not as creative as someone like me he was not no no people are really they aren't i mean people strive to be but you ain't got nothing on this shit (laughs) nobody's brain matches yours but and you should feel blessed by that i do every day beheadings were originally reserved for the upper class which i mean what the fuck that i I hate this reoccurring idea that says i'm rich and i'm noble Mm -hmm. i should only have my head cut off i should not be shitting myself in the town square because i am above that And it wasn't just about shitting themselves. I mean, they just literally wanted to separate themselves from the poor people. Yeah, they're just jerking themselves off by picking their death. Yeah, even in death, they could not be associated with anything that had to do with, you know, oh, those poor people. Everybody had fleas. I don't know what the big deal was. It didn't matter, rich or poor. You had fleas and lice. Everybody had like, and pubic lice got such a healthy diet. Ever since the ancient Greek and Roman times, beheadings were seen as the most honorable form of death. Yeah, if you've seen Gladiator, whenever uh, Maximus Decimus Decimus Aurelius, Aurelius I don't know, the guy had a million names. I can't remember the movie because every time I've seen it, I've been drunk. And I've seen the movie 25 times at least. That's more of a testament to my own personal problems. But anyway, you know... He gets out in the woods and he asks for a soldier's death. And it didn't look like they were going to cut his head off. It looked like they were going to like stick their sword straight in his brain stem. But he knew that because it was cold, sometimes the frost makes the blade stick. And he killed those two guys. But yeah, I mean, that's an honorable death is to have your head cut off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think like an honorable death for me would be to give me enough milk of the poppy that I take just a long nap. They can clean the shit out of the bed after I stop breathing. Super. Anyway, the sword was used in England beginning in the 11th century for the offenders that had the highest ranks. And the axe was usually used for traitors. The axe was used for traitors because the axe could be easily botched by the incompetent drunk asshole that you put up there. You make a fool out of somebody, even in death, as they're just... As you don't get the whole neck, they're still very alive, but they're 
struggling and suffering and shitting in their pants. He's given us a lot it of goes, It's going to go back to shitting your pants a whole lot, it so always, get ready for that. Always goes back to that. Now, I do want to backtrack a little bit. We did say that Yeten just had the best intentions. However, he was a little bit of a classist prick. He proposed when the actual guillotine apparatus was created that it would make executions a little more egalitarian. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Well, he's making he's making up a sales pitch. Well, that that's true. We really don't know what he was thinking. He could have been he could have just genuinely yeah. disliked the poverty stricken lower class, or, or he could have just. Or you can go back to my catchphrase that he was a piece of shit. Ah, yes. But everybody in history was a piece of shit. Very true. Everyone you've ever known is a piece mm-hmm. of shit. And We're in all fifty years, shit. you'll all have been pieces of shit. Yeah, there's going to be plenty you can catch me on, and that's that's implying that anybody will record my history. Nobody's going to be talking about Zach Matthews in fifty years. I don't well, know. You're leaving a lot of footprints. Well, yeah, one line where I'm dragging my dick. Jesus. So, yeah, the guillotine was proposed to be for the upper class, and peasants and commoners were usually previously hanged or broken on the wheel, which is broken. fun. Yeah, broken on the wheel means my lower extremities are tied to a stationary thing on the ground, and my upper extremities are tied to the prices right wheel, or somebody spins it and clicks it. I imagine it's some kind of ratcheting system, mm-hmm. and they click it, click it, they ease it in, you know, like you're trying to do anal sex, but like they stretch you and then stretch you a little more and they stretch you until basically shit snaps and you're dead from it. And that's bullshit. And that goes back. This happens today in our class warfare where the rich just make the poor suffer. I mean, this is it's old hat, people. This is nothing new and nobody's ever done a fucking thing about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's improved. For sure, but the bottom yeah, line but is, it's like it's always been there and it always will be there. There is a class divide. That dog turd dried up and it doesn't smell as bad. That's the way America is nowadays. Listen, guys, I'm going to find anything to rant about. And yes, I'm kidding around, but like that, that's still a serious thing that goes on. It's true. But it's a tangent, and I went off on it, so we need to move along. It's not an American problem. It's a humanity problem. Yeah, but America celebrates it. Anyway, the predecessors of the guillotine, because there had been other beheading apparatuses, apparati. Apparati. I don't know. The plank was created in Germany in the Middle Ages. Das Blank. Das Blank. Um, That was in the Middle Ages, and then the Halifax gibbet... To be gibbeted. To be gibbeted is Mm. to, it's kind of like crucifixion, I guess, could count as a form of gibbeting. Mm. It's putting you on display pretty much. Okay. Well, like the, the stockades or whatever. The Halifax gibbet was created in England. Um, and like I said, it, it predates the guillotine by probably a few hundred years. The Scottish maiden, that was obviously in Scotland in the 16th through the 18th centuries. Scottish maiden. And then, pardon my poor Italian pronunciation, but the... Manaya. 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 I don't know. So, that was created in Italy. 
uh, and it obviously predated the guillotine as well. Yeah, it's so, just uh, it's just documented. There's not like an actual picture yeah. of what actually went on. But I tried to find pictures of all of these, and there really aren't any of any of them. I mean, um, it was it was similar to the guillotine, but right. with. Axe blades and the Scottish maiden was more like a skeletal guillotine. Mm-hmm. Right. You can picture in your head what a guillotine looks like. It's got a blade that is weighted, but it's on tracks. So when it drops, it hits its target every single time, right? So from what I understand, most of these predecessors of the guillotine didn't have tracks. They were just basically weighted blades that were hoisted up and then let go. So there was room for error in those as well, as far as not hitting the intended target. Yeah, but the, the tracks sound like over-engineering. Well, I mean, I it mean, makes ha- sense because you got you got your wind resistance. Right. If it's not on a level surface, it can... But how much mathematics goes into big heavy blade falls on someone's neck? Well, enough to hire a harpsichord maker, I guess. I guess they hung it above somebody and there wasn't actual, like, raised riser boards or anything like that? Well, from what I understand, it's just like a frame. Like a large frame. Okay. There was a block or a stump that the person would lay their neck on, and then this large frame was placed over them, and the frame, I guess, I don't know, had a hole in the top with a rope through it. They had had like a visual trajectory of where it would fall. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's... But there was swinging room, you know? I mean, it could have... The blade could have swung like a pendulum a little bit. I guess, and God forbid that happens to anyone noble. Clearly, it was... More accurate than beheadings right. done by swords or axes. And some drunk, fat cocksucker swinging mm-hmm. an axe. Right. Motherfucker that makes shoes. <laughs> yeah, so it was just, the guillotine was a more um, efficient design, is all. Okay, yeah, but, I'm all about efficiency. And they did originally test it. They did not go straight into you that's know, good. Killing, I mean, that's that's advanced. Criminals, well, quote unquote criminals, yeah. but they attested they tested it out on corpses, which sounds just great. Yeah, I mean that's great. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, really, you're dead. If you're dead, you're dead. When I'm dead, throw me in the trash. <laughs> throw me in the river. No. Fill me full of cream. I don't care. I'm fucking dead. <laughs> Frank Reynolds, always sunny in Philadelphia. Frank Reynolds, you're personal idol. <laughs> it is. Danny DeVito is my personal idol, but he's slowly becoming Frank Reynolds in real life. <laughs> well, I think everyone's got a little Frank in them. They do. Not me, but you do. Everybody's got every character of Always Sunny in them because we're all terrible fucking people. Everybody's a piece of shit. Everybody's big old piece of shit. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you right now. So, anyway, they tested it out on corpses, they tested it out on bales of hay, and live sheep, which I hope they at least ate Black. afterwards. I'm sure they did. I, I'd hate to think yeah, They better eat those motherfuckers. Poor sheep just I hate wasted giving food. their lives for scientific research. And some know. French cocksucker better have a sweater after it's all over. Mm. A very uncomfortable wool sweater. The first human live victim of the guillotine was a known highwayman named Nicolas Jacques Pelletier. I was a highwayman. Cross coach roads I did ride. Sword and pistol by my side. 
They chopped my head off with the fucking guillotine. Well, guess what, folks? <laughs> Plot twist. Everybody hated it. They thought it was too quick. They thought it wasn't showy enough. Quick. <laughs> That's too right. quick. The public booed the guillotine. Because it was too quick. That's right. But don't worry. As soon as they realized that the efficiency of the guillotine made it possible to behead so many people in such a quick succession, and it was insanely bloody, they loved it. They, they oh my god! You know because that's that? what that's what it's all about is the entertainment factor of it. I'd hate for those dirty, stinky Frenchmen from back in the day having to like deal with not being able to see people killed in quick succession. <laughs> god forbid. I know it was. It was a God sad forbid their God forbid their fucking. Death lust boners go down at any time. It didn't take multiple whacks. Nobody shit their pants. Actually, I'm sure people probably did. Well, they, but it didn't you shit when you die most pants, of the time. I don't know. You are to record my death oh and God. confirm whether or not I shit when I Jesus die. Christ. I'm gonna shit when I die. The guillotine brought lots and lots of people out to witness these beheadings once they realized, hey, this is a pretty fun show. There's so much blood up there. This is awesome. But uh, it just like any other public execution before and after, this was some quality family entertainment. The Rocket, shows... It, it no longer had the... It had the somber tone of like somebody being put to death. It was fun. Yeah, and there were jokes. Probably some some motherfucker like me come out there and made some really dark jokes, and you know, shook his dick at the crowd or whatever they did back in that time. And there were songs and dances, and it was just a big old affair. Yeah, so some motherfucker could get his head chopped off. No, don't misunderstand. We're talking about the victims that are about to get their heads chopped off. Yes, they came out singing and dancing. They came out putting on a show for the people. The victims did? Yes, that's right. Oh, my God. Well, fuck yeah. Some cocksucker like me that said, you know, I don't really like what the king's doing right now. Uh, Yeah, they strung me up there and made me tell jokes to the crowd before they chopped my fucking head off and I did I did the Dougie or like whatever <laughs> you go out there and the do the chicken <laughs> dance and the Cupid slide and electric slide so and then like somebody cut my fucking head off right after yeah it was not it was not like anything before I mean because honestly it wasn't quite as spicy because of just the quickness and um, even though like I said it's bloody and victims were just copious but yeah it was still needed a little little pizzazz so the victims were encouraged to put on a show for the people i mean think about it your last two raw your last stand up yeah. in front of the crowd so they do songs or dances or tell jokes yeah i would like everybody would see my dick but anyway <laughs> 
execution days were like festivals. So yeah. you were going out there seeing people getting their heads cut off, and it was like Memphis in May and shit like yeah, that. You had a lineup of whatever poor motherfucker was going to go up there and get the blade. Um, like, it was the whole thing. I mean, there was, like, food vendors and stuff like that. There were people frying up funnel cakes. Yeah. Go watch fr- making fucking lemonade and shit like that. You know, like the county fair to go up and watch somebody get his fucking head mm-hmm. completely separated from his body with a heavy top heavy fucking blade there's programs like there was actual right. literature you know you thought you thought i was exaggerating about the lineup but there was a program for the day's events yes to where they events. said all right pierre lafleur is gonna get it or <laughs> whatever fucking french name i can't think of right now yeah that guy's gonna get it not that it mattered i mean it didn't so matter <laughs> Unless it was they're somebody no, They're really fucking fast. dead. Who gives a shit? Right. Yeah, they sold souvenirs. Um, their restaurants nearby uh, <laughs> had guillotine-themed restaurants like the yeah. Cabaret de la Guillotine. Cabaret de la Guillotine. It was like dinner theater, but with titties. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, y'all, if any of you watched uh, Game of Thrones, like, whenever, you know, that whole part of the series, it didn't matter where the fuck, but whenever a little homely girl goes to Essos and they're doing a play about what's going on in the Lannister house or what's going on with the royalty, that's basically the kind of fair you'd seen there. Just people pretending to be notable figures and the chicks getting their tits out. It was big business. I'm going to see if I can look it up and see how to pronounce this with a French accent. Tricotus. Maybe. Tricotus. Let's see. Tricotus. Hey, I was close. Tricotus. It means knitters. And basically, it was a group of women who went to these shows every single time they were in town. Every day. And between between the beheadings, between live events, they'd sit there and knit. Yeah, these motherfuckers had a season pass mm-hmm. for the fucking getting the heads cut off. Yeah, and they had front row seats every single time. Oh, I mean, like, there was no man giving them orgasms back then. That was the only excitement they could ever achieve. I don't know. What do you think happened in those knitting circles? Yeah, they totally lesed out. Wouldn't you? Oh, I totally would. Yeah. I identify as a lesbian. This boy, oh boy, I love pussy. I know you do. There were souvenirs sold at these shows. The best souvenir, though, was the fully operational children's toy. Oh, nice. A two-foot-tall replica for the kitties to behead their dolls or small animals. I'm not making this shit up. Or or the kitties to accidentally decapitate their little sister. Yeah, or cut their hand off. Yeah, or yeah, just whatever the fuck. a two-foot-tall replica of a guillotine for kids. This was a children's toy. Really. It's used for home circumcisions. Not the two foot tall one, Jesus. Yeah, but you just gotta stretch that fucking cheese dick out a little bit. Oh god, cut off the end. Yeah, there were there was guillotine jewelry, so ladies walking around with guillotine earrings or necklaces on. There were centerpieces. Good God, that it was people, like a fucking monster truck event. It basically. really was. I'm gonna get a titty piercing of the grave digger. <laughs> I got the grave digger here on my left nipple. <laughs> Room, room. You know somebody does. Yeah, they do. Mm. 
But anyway, yeah, there were centerpieces that the rich people would have at their <laughs> tables, and they'd use it to slice bread or vegetables. That's they would slice food. the baguettes. They would. That's it true. was the baguette circumciser. <laughs> I don't want the foreskin. I'll pass on that. No, no, no. Which is no, no is still. I think it's, yeah, it's French. like no, no. I don't know. No. I don't speak French. No. Baguette. <laughs> Okay, so... Omelette du fromage. Is that Dexter's Laboratory? (laughs) Yeah, Dexter's Lab. (laughs) Oh, what a great show. I remember. But yeah, so back to the executioner. So like we said in our last episode when we were talking about beheadings, the executioners were not usually super well liked right off the bat. There were three groups of people denied full civil status. Oh, boy. That was the Jews... Actors and executioners. Those were the three groups so that were Jews, not considered which anti-Semitism. Pure. Go back to Egypt. Um, yeah, just no, go back that Egypt. to they that. They don't belong in Egypt. They didn't, but they were enslaved. It's Israel. Yeah, they were enslaved, though. Also, actors that still stands. You don't have a real job. Oh, um, yeah, right. And executioners. Mm-hmm. Those poor motherfuckers. I mean, they just somebody had to do it. Yeah. They were reviled. They were seen as subhuman. They had tainted souls. Tainted souls. Spiritually polluted. They made a good living doing their jobs, but it's quoted that although they made a good living, it was not one that could be enjoyed within the bounds of polite society. Uh, This is another reoccurring thing. These stupid fucking cocksuckers who were just sick fucks, uh, you know, as a whole society that loved watching people getting killed. Probably innocent people, I'm going to say a a conservative 75% of the time. They love seeing them getting killed because they made the slightest of slights against royalty or whatever but eh, i don't like the guy who does it it's like going to a movie theater and going like man i love cinema but that projector fuck that guy (laughs) yeah he's subhuman uh if you work a projector in the theater right now what a piece of shit i want you to know you are not as good as us (laughs) you're beneath us now get to the killing But yeah, they they had a really rough time. Um, but there are some notable executioners in history, guillotine specifically executioners. Oh, yeah. Charles Henri Sanson. Charles Henri. Yeah. Charles Dash Henry with an I. <laughs> Sanson. Yes. <laughs> he changed the game, you know, up until this point. Like we said, the executioners were not seen as good people, but he changed the game a little bit. You know, um, because he had this big old hog of a dick and he'd get it out every time. He really, you know, whipped out a foot and a half a dick to scare the children and the crowd liked it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happened, but maybe it did. I wasn't. I don't know. The page ended and I didn't get the rest of it. <laughs> it was a family business. So, he had been an executioner for several years before the invention of the guillotine because, you know, his father and his yeah, grandfather. Yeah, like, he swam out with the black hood in from right. his dad's testicles. He started executing people at age 15. That's about the time I wanted to start, you know, executing people. In December 1789, the National Assembly debated the civil status of executioners. And Sanson testified and said, either can 
conclude that crime must remain unpunished or that an executioner is needed to punish it. That is a completely logical statement. Yes, he had that case wrapped up with that statement. Still, going back to my gripe earlier, the law required the execution of people. It was handed down from royalty to do this thing. And the people gathered around and they enjoyed it so much. And it was like a part of their culture and heritage and all this. But I don't know. I have a problem with the guy doing the job. I don't want anything else to change. But I'm just going to arbitrarily have a problem with the guy that pulls the fucking string or crank or whatever the fuck mechanism releases this big blade. Yeah, he's yucky. You know, these people are just like, if you're out there and you bitch at cashiers or restaurant workers and treat them like they're beneath you. Yeah, first of all. you love your McDoubles. Yeah, that's a good metric. If you treat restaurant workers like shit, you're a garbage person. I will never change my mind on that. If you ever do that shit around a person who has worked for the public or worked in a restaurant yeah they're gonna recognize you as a spoiled piece of shit so let that be a warning to you me being a good guy and telling you not to do it you're a piece of shit if you do that it's true okay you're no better than these maniacs in the late 1700s no you're not and you tip like shit and i hope they come in your food well that's gross but okay Ugh. Yeah, Sanson, he got a lot of respect for his his views on executioners, and he changed the public's perception of executioners right. because he was so enthusiastic. And, and he, he stood up for he stood up for what he believed in and said he pointed out a stupid fucking situation and everybody was such a fucking anthropomorphic vagina, I guess is the best way I can put it, that they go, Oh, he spoke up, so I'm gonna cower down to him and believe what he says because that only stupid put- Pussy people say stupid shit like they were protesting. Well, it's true. Pussy people. It's true that his his passion and his enthusiasm for his argument helped to win the people over. But remember, this was during the revolution. So people went nuts about Sanson's desire and dedication to overthrowing the monarchy. And yeah, I mean, he had this whole thing where he'd cut off the person's head and he'd throw it in the crowd and whoever caught it was next. And it was a whole fun thing. That's and, right. That's where the, the bouquet throwing at the wedding And also, from. anybody wanting to overthrow a monarchy is a cool motherfucker. Fuck yeah, man. Roll under one fucking person. First of all, if anybody thinks that them and only them should roll a whole nation, that person needs to be swung against the rocks at birth. You say that, but you know. They wouldn't They wouldn't have talked then. You would have. Yes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. But you're already if, corrupted, I was, so. if I was put there on the top, Oh my God, you guys would truly know the depths of human suffering. But I'm not at the top and I don't run for office because I know me. I don't do that. But like, yeah, anybody, you know, you guys have your political preferences, but anybody who says, you know, I should be president. That's the last person you want to be president of your country. 
But that's another tangent. It is. So, yeah, he basically went from being a public outcast to the Avenger of the people and a hero. He was was the first Avenger, not Captain America. That's right. He was famous. Um, He was so famous that executioner's uniforms, what they wore, became men's fashion. You know, we've got our our trendsetters. you got influencers on Instagram or I don't know, whatever the kids are doing these days. And everybody says, oh, I want to dress like that. And that's how trends start. This is how trends start. Yeah, dude. Everybody else bet on this motherfucker's style. Like He was doing his thing and they were buying an $85 t-shirt like Kanye West puts out there. Whatever this dude was doing or wearing or whatever style, fucking whatever flair he put on his executioner's jacket or whatever gesture he made whenever he tripped the mechanism to drop the blade. These dudes were doing it, and they were doing it. It wasn't like they could watch YouTube videos of him doing it. They fashioned themselves from word of mouth about this legend. Mm-hmm. It's true. And he basically created a legacy. It Obviously, like I said, he wasn't the first in his family line to be an executioner, but he was the one that really gave the Sanson name its, its own legacy. He became the acceptable face of the revolution, whereas before it was kind of hidden in the shadows. And people loved him. They loved him because he was a family man. In his spare time, he loved gardening. He yeah. had animals. The most pleasant of like hobbies for a man that killed for a living yeah he was he was really just a lovely person and so even the people who were opposed to the revolution still yeah they still love the guy it's like you know he doesn't agree with me politically but he was like uh, you gotta love the guy i can't stay mad at him yeah he was like mr rogers or bob ross this guy's just it's like i know him is generally a good guy despite our philosophical or difference in opinions yeah he was i mean which you guys can't do that nowadays i don't know why he was in charge of executing King Louis the Sixteenth in January of 1793. Looks well, like there were plenty goddamn King Louis. What's another fucking one? Right, but this one really racked him with guilt. He wasn't on board with this one because, you know, King Louis the Sixteenth was one of the usurpers of the monarchy. Let me tell you something. Everybody who's a royalty or ruler or whatever is a usurper. Everybody stole something from somebody. The prehistorical things, we stole this country from the Native Americans. We stole it from them. And Right, but the big difference is we didn't steal it from them because they were being tyrants over their people. Right, we just came over and said, nah, we found this land, even though people were already living there. Right, so it wasn't like it was in the French Revolution where people are standing up for their rights, people are opposing this government that did not give two shits about the right. citizens of the country. So when the monarchy eventually came back into place after the revolution and the people who were revolting had to be killed, Mm. he had to keep doing his job. 
job. So even though he was a big supporter of the revolution, he had to basically betray his own people. Oh, yeah. When it, you know, the other shoe drops. So he was just plagued with guilt for the rest of his life. And the execution of King Louis XVI was one of the things that led to the terror. Yeah, this was this was terrorism as far as how many people were sent to Sanson's blade and they did not he was not down with it. This was gnarly. It was basically just state-sanctioned violence. 16,500 people were sentenced to death between June of 1793 <laughs> and July of Not even a whole goddamn year. 16,500 people. That's 13 months, but yeah. No. That's a lot I'm of dumb. people. No, it's Math. still... I mean, shit, that's... Well over a thousand people a month in one country. That's insane. Sanson alone executed more than 2,000 people in one year. And on June 17th of 1793, Sanson beheaded 54 people in one day. One day in June, which I imagine was like just miserable and humid. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the the smell? The smell of everyone shitting their pants. And the B.O. Voiding their bowels upon rot. Shuffling off this mortal coil. Oh my god. I'm talking about the people watching the crowd. And the blood that just, oh my god, the smell of the blood. Smelled like just copper, like you put two rusty pennies up your nose. And just the people in general from back then, like you said, with their goddamn general stinkiness. I mean, they're French already, which is a handicap against them, but the, (laughs) the standards of cleanliness back then. Right. It's the smell of like rancid pussy. Imagine how many people and dick cheese uh, and not- slow cooked crock pot pussy. That's my getter done. <laughs> but it, it was oh my god! Can you imagine how many people were probably walking around with open festering wounds? Oh yeah, people just got like yeah. goddamn people got like yeah. basic STDs and like rotted their brain until they died. Open sores and lesions okay. on their face and um, just. I'm getting <sighs> nauseous. Right, let's move on. Sluts with open sores. Ugh. Pus filled swords. Hmm. So, anyway, one of Charles. Sluts. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So, as it is a family business, Charles Henri's sons were moved into position of assistant. And unfortunately, one of his sons was his assistant. And Mm. when he was showboating for the crowd a little, he raised a, (laughs) a severed head above his head and fell from the scaffolding uh, into the crowd. <laughs> what a goddamn idiot. Right. Uh, and plus, what a fucking twink-winkling <laughs> that, like, holding a head above your own head threw you off balance enough to fall off scaffolding. I, I don't know. I'm He's, sure there wasn't a handrail or, like, you know, a rail that was half the height of him, but still. You act like you've got, like, the balance of a cat or something. Yeah, and he was probably sickly and... <laughs> He probably was. Just like, are you proud of me now, Daddy? Are you proud of me now? And he fell off and then, like, snapped his stupid fucking neck in front of everybody. And then shit and pissed himself. Probably. Shit himself. No. So, since since that son took himself out of the running prematurely, um, Charles Henri's son, Henri, took over in August 1795. So, he had uh, Charles Henri Mm -hmm. as his second son. No, Charles Henri is the father. 
Okay, Charles Henri is the father, and his son Henri. Mm-hmm. Just Henri. Yeah. Okay. And and this is H E N R I. In case you've never seen, um, what's that? What to expect when you're expecting? Uh, I've never seen that. <laughs> it's very funny. It's got um, what's his name? Dangle. Who? Lieutenant Dangle. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And and it's got Clementine. They're married. And she names their son Henri. And when she's not around and he takes their son, like, to the park with uh, the guys, okay. he calls him Henry. And Tom Lennon. Thomas Lennon. Yeah. And, um, Lieutenant Dangle. Right. So. I think Thomas. I'm so, sure. some, one of his friends snitched and she found out that he was calling Henri Henry. Oh. And he was in the doghouse. God forbid you make it, you know. Sound like it's fucking spelled. I don't know. I'm sorry, but like English is a fucked up language it really is. and it like it has all kind of goofy silent this and silent that. But like I think as far as America goes, we're the closest to shit sounding like it's fucking spelled. If you go to Australia or some like something like that, it's good lord. That's just a prison colony full of people that pronounce shit wrong because they have, you know, a bad bloodline. I'm going to completely disagree. America, <laughs> things do not sound like they're so. Yeah, I'm just. Think ca- about how I'm many- just joking right now. I've lived in Arkansas. Do you know how much I've heard mispronounced? You know how much in current events I've held, I've heard people go the Ukraine. Yeah. It's just Ukraine. The country is called Ukraine. I don't know where the fuck everybody got that from, but. Damn it. Read a fucking book. Watch something that isn't preaching to your narrative. It's not Viet Cong's. Yeah. Viet Cong is already plural. You yeah. wouldn't say Chinese's. Yeah. Anyway, I'd say Spanish is much more accurate um, to how it's spelled. Yeah. Even though their their letters do make different sounds, it usually is pretty cut and dry with their pronunciation, but... That has nothing to do with Yeah, this has nothing this. to do with anything we're talking about right so, now. So, yeah. I just throw this shit into pad time and, like, make jokes that are going to fall flat for all of you. <laughs> so, Henri took over in August 1795 and was the executioner until 1840. He didn't do anything of note. He, I don't know. What a fucking about failure. He wasn't, well, no, he wasn't good. He wasn't. Maybe he did his job so well that there was nothing to. Right, exactly. Well, the motherfucker by then just. Just went up there and pulled a fucking string, and Daddy already laid the groundwork yeah, for them some, to be acceptable members of society. He had some pretty big shoes to fill. That Henri doing anything exceptional, but he, he may do his job, but he was not his daddy. <laughs> when he died, though, um, in 1840, and he was executioner right up until he died. His son Henri Clement took over. And he was a disgrace. He um, <laughs> he was a disgrace to the family line. He, he found was a soft boy. He was. He found the job to be a shameful burden. He broke out in hives every time he had to do an execution. He was plagued with nightmares his oh, whole God. life. And it eventually led to him becoming addicted to gambling and drinking. I mean, there's a certain point where, like... 
you ask what makes a person nature or nurture now i don't know which made him this way but if i was a little boy and i watched my daddy go out and like cut people's heads off all fucking day that would be normalized in my head that wouldn't fuck me up i could go up there and go i'm doing like my daddy did and i've seen many heads roll this is just old hat for me but this he still was a little limp wrist weakling about it these kids nowadays are soft i'm not gonna say anything bad about it he was he no was i didn't know the guy to his family but i'm making I jokes mean. about him <laughs> but yeah i wasn't he, there stephanie <laughs> okay zachary so he he couldn't even do his job one day because you know his gambling and drinking led him to pawn his machine. I understand. Oh my god! job. I understand the drinking. That's fine. But who goes into gambling because they're traumatized about the job they have to do? Gambling, like sex addiction, is a addiction that only assholes get. Okay. I don't know. I don't get addicted to things. So. Yeah, I'm an asshole. It's just crazy to think that he... What pawn shop do you think took his guillotine? Yeah, who the fuck... How much do you think they gave it for? Who the fuck in good conscience and faith bought that fucking thing? That's like... Oh, did. Was it of his own possession? Did he build it and, like, he brought his own guillotine from home? No, I imagine it was owned by the government. Yeah, but you know that pawn shop owner got a huge boner knowing that he had the the guillotine. Yeah, he was he was he was like the old French version of Pawn Stars and he was like best I can do is fifteen bucks. <laughs> there is a little caveat though. This obviously was several hundred years ago, so we can't know for sure that all of these things that we're telling you are completely accurate. We can't tell you for sure that any of this happened. We weren't there, and people make up bullshit all the time. Yeah, we did did a lot of research, but... um, We do our best to give you what we know as the most accurate and up-to-date. That's something I strive for above anything, even above my dick jokes. We try to tell you... The closest thing to our knowledge to what happened. Right, but it's difficult because a lot of the accounts of the Sanson family were written by Henri Clement. So Okay. So mm. you know, there is there has been some doubt in the past about how guilty he actually felt. You right. know, was, he, was he just saying, Oh, I hated it so bad. Oh Yeah, so- which is If you write your own fucking autobiography into the archives of history and you still sound like a shitty pussy, you've done a fucking terrible job. Why didn't he say he, like, chopped 400,000 guys' heads off with his own dick? I mean, he makes himself sound like a such a shriveled micro dick of a person and he wrote his own history basically yeah well i mean that's a very subjective viewpoint to have about it no it's not i mean if you're gonna write your own history yes i would give i you know and i'm as genuine and honest as anyone out to the point of oversharing but at a certain point i still make myself sound like a good person 
I mean, I guess I haven't pawned the electric chair to whatever Batesville pawn shop that would buy it or, you know, the chemicals for a lethal injection or whatever, but let's... I'm not an executioner, and I'm not a piece of shit. I'm a good person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're the only exception to your rule. I hope the aliens find this and, like, they build a statue out of me. Mm. Yeah, so it's debatable. And also, since he wrote the the Sanson family history, I guess, it's possible that he saw his grandfather as just this amazing mm. person and that he wasn't as great as uh, we've heard about. Who, who knows, really? He didn't make him, he didn't even make himself sound adequate. Like, he was like, oh, my grandfather was a great man and I did my job. It was a living. Right. But the thing is, public perception of executioners became less favorable when the oh, monarch boy. came back into power. So, it's possible that he maybe played up his feelings of guilt and and oh, you know, all okay. of that just simply because, oh no, I can't I He's can't trying to save his own ass. Yeah, you don't know. He's we covering his own ass by acting like a shriveled dick pussy. Yeah, but um, when the monarchy came back into power, it was game on. George Danton which I don't know how you say George in French, but... Georges Danton. Yeah, whatever. He was a major player in the revolution, and he was executed. People were going from patriot to traitor. Just <laughs> people who were standing up for their fellow men are and were seen as just these great patriots that were fighting for the, for the cause and fighting the good fight. All of a sudden, they're traitors, and you never knew who was going to be executed next. It, the guillotine basically went from being an instrument of justice to just another means to carry out the wishes of the tyrants. And to arguably, it was always a means to carry out the wishes of tyrants. Yeah. Because we don't know who was guilty or what. We don't even have, we don't have like the documentation we had for like hangings and beheadings. We didn't even know if any of these people fuck sheep or whatever or killed anybody we don't have that information they were just up there and they had their head in the fucking encasement that held them down while a large blade came down and cut their fucking head off yeah pretty much traitor was the general yeah reason people were beheaded with the guillotine but you just like i said you never knew who was going to be next it was insane public beheadings and this is crazy to me because we think of... We think when, this is an old fucking thing. Right. Like old world thing. And when you're over, I don't know, I guess when you're over 30, thinking about the 1900s yeah, doesn't seem like that long ago. It like, might as well happened in fucking, you know... It, it doesn't seem well, we lived in the 1900s you know and like a lot of us like for me me for instance i was like the 90s was just like what 20 years ago yeah and it was like way a long time ago so the not early 1900s to the mid to late 1900s are still a long time ago right so whenever i read that public beheadings continued in france until 1939 i right. was, was kind of that's the beginning it. for reference that's that's the beginning of where world war ii happened mm -hmm. but i'm talking about public beheadings right the last person to be executed by the guillotine was in 1977 
That's the year my brother was born. I mean, that... That was the year... That was not that long ago. That was the year Star Wars, yeah. A New Hope, mm-hmm. came out. Saturday Night Live had been on at the air for two years mm-hmm. when the last person was executed by guillotine. Yeah. I don't remember any 1977 facts, but it was 1977. Yeah. You remember the most important... That's Think like about that. Star Wars... Star Wars, two cultural fucking booms in our history. Did no, did no Friday the Thirteenth come out in seventy seven? No, it did not. I don't know the Halloween came out in seventy nine. I think the first Friday the Thirteenth did not come out until nineteen eighty one. Oh, okay. It was filmed in nineteen eighty. Okay. Well, Hamida Janduby. Janduby. I don't think that's French, but um, I don't know. No, that sounds more Indian. Yeah, but um, they were the last person executed in 1977 by the guillotine. And only four short years later, France abolished the capital punishment of the, in the nation. In 1981, when the first Friday the 13th came out. There you go. See, it all circles back around to Friday the 13th. I think it was 1980. I'm, I think I'm wrong. That was wild. It was wild. I can't wait to get to more executions. Yeah. As a little bonus, I'm going to do one of the ones that requires less explanation and has less examples. A method of execution. Yeah, a method of execution. Um, this is one that's silly and terrible at the same time. <laughs> it's immurement or live entombment. Um, it's a form of imprisonment, usually until death, in which a person is sealed within in a closed space with no exit. So basically, they'd throw your ass, probably unconscious, into the space, and a mason would come by and start laying bricks. And they'd lay bricks up and build a wall, encasing you into this place. And I imagine, I love to imagine that they like left a little hole at first to where you were like, no, no, no. So they could stick that last brick in there, and that's the last lot you ever see. I mean, that's that sounds pretty fucking brutal and i mean you just sit in there until you just fucking die of thirst or starvation or whatever that's what bill should have done to the bride if he really wanted to kill her instead of burying but bill didn't really want to kill the bride he was in love with her he was heartbroken that she disappeared and unpopular opinion okay i hate those movies I love most Quentin Tarantino movies, uh, but I don't like Kill Bill I mean, movies. Like let me tell you something. Tangent. The Kill Bill movies are... In the Tarantino-verse, there are Tarantino movies which represent reality. And then there's Tarantino movies that would be movies in the Tarantino-verse. That one is a movie. The Kill Bills were, would be a movie that exists in the Tarantino-verse. And if you watch Pulp Fiction, it explains half-ass what Kill Bill is. Vince Vega and Mia Mia Wallace are in that 50s diner and she's explaining that she had an audition or had a part for a movie where it was these women who were all assassins and masters of killing people and there was a masters of blades, master explosives and all that. And it wasn't Kill Bill starring Uma Thurman. It was within the Tarantino-verse. It was Mia Wallace, played by Uma Thurman, playing the bride, or Beatrix Kiddo is her name in the movie. But 
that explains that a little more, and that's why it's so outlandish. And he avoided, I guess, a NC-17 rating by changing the scene where she fights the crazy 88s and changing that to black and white so it didn't show the like gushers of blood and like geysers of blood coming out of people and i think also that's stylized from old kung fu movies or whatever the fuck tarantino's into he's into all kinds of shit that he pays homage to but it's like a cocaine nightmare of like amalgamations of cinema throughout the years but that's to go off on a tangent i feel like i should explain that and i accept that you don't like those movies i like them but it's okay that you don't like them i'm not gonna be a real snob on you or anything like that because i could know i like them i can definitely see the reasons why somebody wouldn't like them i really appreciate you Allowing me to have my own opinion about this. Yes, I'll, I will allow it just this time, though. Thank that's you. your one. Thank you. But it's- anyway, immurement or live entombment or whatever. Um, hell, there's a meme going around you could read about it on. Um, here's a notable example. In 1906, Mohammed Mesfuri. A Moroccan serial killer was sentenced to be walled up alive after he was found guilty of murdering 36 women. His cries for help were heard across the space of two days before he finally went silent. And that makes you think if you're sitting the wall, of course he was frantic and, you know, panicked those first two days. At what point do you accept your fate and go, yeah i'm dying in here yeah Um, and that answer is two days (laughs) um in the 15th century it's still kind of speculation because nobody really knows but there were princes two princes two princes walk by you flowers just go ahead now Marry him or marry me. I'm the what the fuck I ain't got no family tree. You don't remember the spin doctors? Yeah, I know that song. Okay, one, two, Francis Stanley. Yeah. you. Yeah, I know. I played fast and loose with the lyrics. Well, yeah, you scattered a little bit. It's cool. Yeah. That's cool. You know, I like your artistic renditions of oh, yeah. things. But yeah, these two. By princes, artistic, she means shitty. <laughs> These two princes were little boys. They were um, little boys. They were the sons of Edward the Fourth, and um, when their parents died, I think it was their cousin. He was some random duke or something. I don't know. He came to be their guardian, and that he was supposed to protect them and, until they became of age, and one yeah. of them was supposed to become the king. And instead, he had he was them- a Sancho. Sancho that you found. This guy that takes care of your old lady while you're away. Okay. I did not know that. Thank you. It's always enlightening um, when you interrupt me. I don't know how the fuck I got there, but I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's just because I take so long to tell stories. I'm sorry. In my defense, it takes so long because you won't let me finish. Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> no. I have so much bullshit pouring out of my head. It's hard to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> anyway, when they were remodeling the Tower of London in the late 1600s, they found their skeletons behind a brick wall. So it is. <laughs> it stands to reason that they probably were victims of immurement. Yeah, immurement. So these little boys in the 15th century. 
Well, that's, I mean, that's interesting shit. I mean, there were so many ways. There's so many imaginative ways to kill people. I think, like, historically, humanity was slacking because I can think of 15 I can rattle off right now that they hadn't thought of. Um, But, yeah, we're going to keep going with the execution series. As you know, I've criticized every one of them and pointed out how stupid they were. We're going to work up to present day from here i'm going to throw in a couple historical ones and of course we can get into we could get into the uh gas chamber and the uh lethal injection electric chair electric chair the chair oh boy the chair Mm -hmm. and i really got a lot to say about lethal injection because what the fuck we better cut this off we don't want to give any spoilers for our next okay but i was just wanted to talk about a couple things that we're going to get into um was Mary, Queen of Scots, beheaded with the guillotine? Um, she was beheaded, but I don't know that it was with the guillotine. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I like to think that she got her... I know she got her head cut off, mm-hmm. but I didn't know with which method. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I know we actually talked about yeah, her. Yeah, we did. In the last episode, they displayed her head on, right. on a lovely so, satin I mean, that, pillow. I guess that clarifies that she was traditionally beheaded. Was she the one that said, let them in cake? No, that was Marie Antoinette. Was So Marie Antoinette just got the fucking blade, right? Yeah, she, she was, just got the head chopped off because she, she couldn't make a boy baby, right? No. Oh, my God, my history's all <laughs> fucked up. Henry VIII, was, was he oh my the... Oh, God, yes. Henry VIII killed okay. all of his wives. Right. He was married to, like, Anne Boleyn and... Yeah. No, he... Not Marie Antoinette, no. She was beheaded as part of the revolution because she was just a, a monarch. She was from Austria. She just got caught oh, up in the okay. middle of the shit. God damn, they all have the same goddamn name. Yeah, she, there were only four names back then. And she said, let them eat cake, but it, that was Ugh. probably taken out of context. It's Yeah, it yeah. Was, it's advertised as her just being flippant about yeah. the suffering of her people. And she may have not even like, said that. Oh, they can't afford bread. We'll let them eat cake. Ha ha ha. Cake party. But let's I'm getting too stupid here at the end, so let's wrap this up. King Zach says, Let them eat cock. Do we have any housekeeping we want to talk about upcoming events or um coming events we're going to have more podcasts coming, I guess, and also stay tuned. I may have another comedy show lined up. It's in the making. Yeah. You motherfuckers better be there. You really don't want to miss it. Every one of you motherfuckers there, because I'm actually going to sit down and write this time. Hey, if he dazzles you in this audio medium, just imagine seeing him up there behind the mic. It's it's impressive. It's like, instead of watching a train wreck on YouTube, you get to see it actually happen in front of your eyes. Just the amount of testosterone that just wafts into the crowd. Which I'm just like... God damn, you will get pregnant, ladies. I know. Bring Just, some spare panties. Yeah, <laughs> because you're going to want to throw the first pair. Aye. No panties weather's coming up. Me and them sundresses, so you got quick access. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. My girlfriend, who I love very much, is sitting here, and I'm making jokes. And at some point, we're going to release the... Punch Drunk podcast, the new episode that I had with Vinny, once I figure out what's not okay to leave in it, because there's a lot of not okay to leave in it, and we'll get that out. I don't know which one of these will come out first. Probably this one. And we'll release Punch Drunk on a Friday. That'll work out. 
Punch Drunk will release on a Friday. We'll get this one wrapped up. I hope you keep listening. Thank you for anybody that's listening out there. Sincerely, I'm I'm just happy somebody's listening. I'm not worried about making a whole bunch of money or anything off this. I just I'm glad I have some patronage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're gonna wrap this up. I'm going to do. I'm gonna also do a call of the void, you know, just for state of the union things. So he can say all the stuff he can't say with me in the room. Right. I can just like completely abuse you with all my rants. Go off on all the tangents that. We couldn't fit into this one. Yeah, and then she's going to, like, edit it and, like, take out 20 minutes of rambling, which I need. Because when I'm untethered and I'm just throwing shit out there, it's not always a pretty thing. I really do try not to overcut, but, you know, when you it's if you repeat yourself or if you... I'm not always in the best, like, state of mind when we record a podcast. I'm either really depressed or really manic or drunk or whatever the fuck else. But I find good results from that, even if you have to dig through the shit to get to the good results. But I guess I'm going to call it there. I hope that we can stick the music that Blake Foster prepared for this podcast in there. I'm sure it's in there. And you guys it, like our Facebook page and be sure to you know, comment about the music. Let let us know how awesome you think it right. is because it is really And I will impressive. I will tag Blake in it. So I'm Zach Matthews, podcast extraordinaire, local eccentric Zach Matthews and this is my girlfriend Stephanie. I'm so thankful for her in every way, but most importantly because she keeps me in line on the podcast and she edits for me and i do the research i send you the research uh, you send me sources we, do, we both do the research I no she's done she did people. a shit ton on no, this one no. like she did most of this i didn't know most of the information going into this so i could riff on it a little bit but yeah she made the whole outline and the way it went so she is an asset in my projects as well as my life in general. You could have done it without me. But I didn't want to. I wanted to include you, Yoko. Thank you. I'm honored. You got to take the compliments (laughs) despite them being backhanded. (laughs) It's all backhanded. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate it. One of these days, Stephanie, to the moon. Mm. And that is... Horrible history abridged. It's time to tune out. Uh, See y'all down the road. Be careful. Be good. Or don't be good. You know, whatever you want to do.